Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. We have a great episode today with Jimmy Sansone, but before we get there, I want to thank my four sponsors. NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, and the Tom James Company. Crafted using your exact measurements, custom clothing is the perfect expression of who you are or who you intend to be. It's about getting what you want, the right fit, the right fabric, the right details, the right style. Ben Lawler with the Tom James Company helps you choose from over 500 custom suit fabrics and 250 custom dress shirt fabrics. He can help you build your entire wardrobe, including suits, shirts, trousers, sports coats, and even tuxedos. To learn more, visit stlleaders.com. And now to this week's episode with Jimmy Sansone. On this week's episode, I welcome Jimmy Sansone. Jimmy Sansone is the principal at the Normal Brand, a well-known clothing company for normal guys and girls. Jimmy and his two brothers started the company six years ago and have had great success since then. You may have seen them on Fox News and with their partnership with Luke Combs in their efforts to raise over $125,000 for the Barstool Fund, which went to businesses impacted by COVID-19. It is my honor to welcome Jimmy Sansone to the show. Jimmy Sansone, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I've uh, been a big fan of your guys' clothing line for a long time. Um, and so I, uh, when I started this podcast about a year ago, um, you were somebody I wanted to get on. And then I saw the success you guys had uh, through COVID and what you gave back, uh, which prompted me again to, to reach out and get you to join the show. And so I'm excited to kind of dive in on a lot of topics today. But let's start kind of um, what I call at the beginning. So like growing up, what was that like for you and what really led you guys to start the normal brand? Yeah, well, you know, the normal brand really starts with our family. So it really anytime we start about the we talk about the start of the normal brand, it really does start from when we were little kids. So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. I'm the oldest of 10 kids. Uh, my dad and grandpa were the sharpest dressers I knew. So we and we grew up, you know, there are heroes uh, then and, and still today. So grew up with kind of an obsession with clothes. Give an example for my 16th birthday. I wanted a custom suit. I think uh, for my first communion, I've seen pictures. I was like the only kid wearing white bucks. Okay. So just like <laughs> little, little stuff like that. It wasn't until I got to college, I realized uh, that the way we would lay our clothes out 
you know, to pick an outfit was, was a little strange. And, uh, I always thought it was just kind of normal, but anyways, love clothes. And, um, we're always encouraged to start businesses. So it started my first business with my brothers when we were like 12, 13 years old, we just ran a summer camp. And actually that summer camp continues to this day. My, um, younger sisters and youngest brother now run it. So it's just cool to see, uh, stuff like that last throughout the years. And, um, you know, about six years ago, it uh, the obsession with clothes and then that entrepreneurial itch uh, came together to, to start the normal brand. That's a really cool story. I didn't realize you had that many brothers and sisters. I know you started the, the organization with two of your brothers, correct? Or is there three involved? Uh, no, there's three of us, uh, uh, me and two others, Conrad and Lan, uh, we run it together. Neat, neat. And you guys are headquartered here in St. Louis. You uh, started in Ladue, is that correct? Well, yeah, we started out of my parents' basement in um, March of 2015. And that was headquarters for a little bit. And uh, then our first kind of real office was in an um, incubator space called T-Rex in downtown oh, yeah. St. Louis. And then we moved to another co-working space called Industrious. And then uh, got our kind of uh, first real, real office with kind of other people in um, the Central West End. And, and we're still office in the Central West End today. Gotcha. Central West End. Cool. So let's talk about starting the company and kind of the challenges that came with that. And obviously the success that came with that. You say starting your parents' basement. How did you take it from there to co-working to having your first retail store? Yeah, it's been a long journey. Um, I would say it just, it definitely starts with, with kind of the environment we grew up in. So we're just, our family really encouraged risk-taking and, and uh, had a lot of confidence in us, probably more than we had in ourselves. And my parents were always just really encouraging. Uh, without that support, I don't think the company ever would have started. And, um, you know, I think we always, we, we constantly challenge ourselves to get better, never really satisfied. Um, and we've built, uh, the biggest thing is that we've just got a great team around us. So we started with uh, a hat in March of 2015. Um, that was really just to get some cash to be able to pay for our first cut and sew, the first shirts we made. Um, we made four shirts, I think. Three of them were terrible. One of them was good, thank God. That was our uh, Pure Meso Henley. That's kind of the first normal shirt. We went to a trade show in Chicago of August, uh, in Chicago in August of 15. And that is when we uh, started selling into retailers for the first time. And uh, so fall of 15 was our first kind of real collection. And then we've just grown every single season. Uh, we opened our first store uh, about a year ago, and now we're looking to open more. Um, but really, I think that the main thing is just that we're a competitive bunch, not, not against other people, but really with ourselves. We just constantly want to get better and um, take on challenges. And we've got a great team to be able to execute. Well, absolutely. And obviously having the confidence in yourselves now and challenging yourselves to keep pushing and drive farther is what makes a great entrepreneur. And so it sounds like between the competitive nature and uh, the collaboration with your brothers, as well as kind of that, you know, wanting to keep it growing um, has pushed you guys to where you are today. Curious is how much of the um, clothing is sold, sold online versus retail? Because I think you guys are in a lot of retail shops across the country, but more kind of boutique shops. So what is kind of that percentage? Yeah, that's accurate. Um, the wholesale business is a huge part of our business and it's um, a huge part of the brand building. So we have a team dedicated 
to that. And those partners around the country are extremely important. Uh, we also have a corporate program where, um, you know, with uh, like the St. Louis Blues, for instance, and other big businesses around the country. Um, and then uh, our direct business, which would be uh, online at the normalbrand.com and then our first store here in St. Louis. Uh, those are the ways that we're selling. Our direct business right now, I think, is like 65% of it. And, um, but every single, you know, business line that we have right now is extremely important to our uh, success. Absolutely. Well, and it's a uh, good way to obviously get the brand out there. And um, we'll get into that a little bit later on how you've, you know, developed the brand and getting it, uh, getting it recognized and, and known. But talk to me about really about kind of the manufacturing of your clothes. How did you guys develop the relationships with the people who actually manufacturing the material? Yeah, a process of trial and error. I mean, it was, you know, you start somewhere. Uh, I knew nothing about manufacturing and yeah. nothing about apparel at the beginning of this. So you just, luckily we have the internet available to us. So you can find a lot of places and you just start knocking on doors. Um, so trial and error, uh, we spend a lot of time with our supplier partners overseas. So pre-COVID I was, I'm overseas often. Um, and, you know, we take great, great pride in our product and offering a value proposition to our customers. So we take painstakingly long to align ourselves with suppliers who take the same amount of pride. Uh, all the design and development is done in-house in St. Louis. And then uh, we communicate with our partners around the world uh, to try to make the most comfortable, durable pieces of clothing we can. And uh, a big part of that is getting to know on a personal level, the people who are making our clothes. So um, in fact, we've got some items in our line that are literally named after our suppliers. So they've become extension of the team. Oh, that's really neat. That's really cool. Yeah. I got to imagine when you're starting out, um, you know, just like a lot of businesses, there's a lot of trial and error and you learn from, from mistakes and you continue to pivot and, and, and make good decisions going forward with partners. So um, obviously, you know, naming some of those clothing lines are, uh, after some of those partners, obviously is a nice payback to them for the uh, work that they've done. And it just kind of shows the extensiveness of the, of the organization. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about this Luke Combs partnership. Um, I know, you know, Barstool Sports had a fund out there and, uh, was raising money for a lot of organizations who obviously were impacted by COVID quite a bit. Um, talk to me about the whole Luke Combs partnership and, and obviously the big check you guys donated to Barstool Sports. How'd that all happen? It was an awesome experience, uh, but one of the most memorable that we've had and meaningful. Uh, our sister, Sophia, manages Luke Combs, uh, is on the management team. And so we've been able to foster a relationship with him through the years. He's a fantastic guy, number one, you know, a normal guy, as we would say, just very relatable and down-to-earth, authentic guy. He speaks to our audience directly. Uh, he also wears our clothes. Uh, I mean, he's been in our uh, clothes on billboards and um, Times Square and kind of all around the country. His Spotify image is him wearing one of our uh, mountain shirts, and we are huge fans of his music. So Sophia said we should do something with a charitable cause and try to help some people and kind of align the brands. Uh, so we have been working on a collaboration for a little bit. He's a hunter in, in the outdoors and, and we are too. And so we wanted to do kind of a camo hat with a, with a cool design aligning the two brands. And then the pandemic happened. Barstool launches this fund to help small businesses immediately, kind of like cutting through all the red tape, really getting it to the people's hands who need it most. Uh, that spoke directly to us because we're a small business that's had to 
weather this crazy storm. Um, so those three things aligned made a lot of sense to us. And um, yeah, this, this hat that we came together to create really took off and we were able to raise $125,000 for the Barstool Fund and um, awesome, awesome experience. Well, absolutely. I mean, not only was it uh, genius on you guys to partner with somebody like Luke Combs, I'm a huge fan of him and his as well. Uh, my wife is as well. And so to partner with somebody like him, but also to get that back, um, it wasn't to, you know, necessarily for a profit gain for you guys, but to raise money for a great cause. Cause as you mentioned, I mean, there was a lot of small businesses that were affected by the pandemic, probably including yourselves. Um, and what a really neat way to kind of give back to, you know, for, from your organization. I think it was, um, it's really cool to kind of see how you guys did that. And, Obviously, you got some publicity out of that with Luke Holmes, but I also saw you guys on Fox News. Um, you were on there being interviewed about it. Um, so really, really neat story on kind of how we took a, a crisis, I guess you could say, in 2020, and you guys turned it into um, a way to obviously support the community around you. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that, that, uh, the, the whole thing was, it was a wild couple of weeks. I, I bet, I bet. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank & Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. So talk to me a little bit more about COVID. Um, how did that affect your guys' organization? And how did you guys weather the storm that, you know, is starting to finally tail off here? But how did that affect you all? We dealt with the same things everyone dealt with, mostly just a lot of unknown. Um, we were able to keep all of our people throughout the pandemic and, and past it, which is a testament to the hard work of our team, because the supply chain was definitely messed up. Um, still is still, still a lot of issues there and delays. And um, I mean, we're weathering there, obviously there's flare ups uh, around the world right now in India and things like that. And so we're dealing with still hiccups in the supply chain. Um, our store was closed for a few weeks or a month. Um, but, you know, we, we also saw that, you know, people, were attracted to the type of apparel that we're selling uh, during this kind of transition to working from home and just comfort over everything. And so, uh, you know, I think overall, we're just blessed to be in the position we're in. Uh, we looked at this as a challenge the same way we look at any challenge, uh, do a lot of preparation to come up with a plan. Uh, you don't know everything, but um, once you got the plan, just try to execute it. And so our team really kind of stuck together and, um, it was definitely a trying year and, um, you know, still dealing with some things, obviously like, like the world is, but yeah, uh, you know, we're in an okay position. Well, good. That's good to hear that you guys kind of weathered the storm. And uh, as you mentioned, yeah, there's a lot of still hiccups kind of in a variety of areas, um, especially the supply chain. I, I, you know, I, uh, my wife and I've been trying to get bedroom furniture for the house that we just moved into and, and, you know, extensive delays on actually getting the actual stuff. Um, so, I'm very familiar with that. Talk to me about your marketing. I know you guys are big on social media, big on Instagram, obviously. Um, do you, you know, how do you guys utilize social media to kind of help market your brand, market your clothes? Yeah, it's a big part of the brand. That's how we launched it. Um, you know, six years ago, it's, it was the first, I have an Instagram post on my personal page and then launched the 
uh, the normal brand page. And I remember specifically, I was like, wow, this is uh, really exposed right now. We're really kind of out there. So the social media, it, it's the number one way we, we reach our customers. Um, but, and we have, we do everything in-house. So the content creation wow. and, um, you know, and, and deploying the ads and all that kind of stuff. So we have ads and then we also have just, just the organic feed. But even with everything we've done, we, I, we still feel like novices. Stuff changes all the time. Um, but it's something that we invest a lot into. And uh, we hope to produce some really cool, engaging content for our customers to see on social and in the other platforms that will continue to pop up uh, in the future. So that's, that's, that's part of the dynamic, uh, kind of the dynamics of this business is the, the, the way we reach our customers uh, has already changed in the six short years that we've been running this and it probably be a lot of change in the, in the future. Absolutely. Well, you guys, I, you know, from my perspective, do a fantastic job with your ads on Instagram and Facebook. And I think it's huge. A comment that you just mentioned about, you know, utilizing social media with new platforms that come out. I mean, just a year ago, TikTok wasn't nearly as big as it obviously is now. And I see companies advertising on TikTok all the time. Um, and it's a, another great way to utilize, you know, social media to market a product or a service or, and of course there's a lot of funny and stupid videos on TikTok as well, but I get, um, I get ads on there uh, from car dealerships and, and things like that. So to your point, there's um, there's going to be new new products and new services that are going to come out. And I think, uh, as you mentioned, you got to stay abreast of what those what those are and how to utilize them, because that's, again, a direct access to your user on the end. Um, I do the same thing for this podcast. I, you know, I use Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. I use every social media platform that I have to my uh, to my fingertips to get the name and the word and the, in the episodes out um, because that, you know, that's the best way that I know how to get, you know, direct access to the people who are actually listening to this show. So I think from a social media perspective for any business out there, it's gotta be a huge part of your business. And if it's not, then you're missing, you're missing the boat a little bit on that. But I just want to commend you guys on what you guys do from a marketing perspective. I think you do a really, really good job. And it's really neat to hear that you do that all in house too. So you must have a pretty darn good team around you. Yeah. People definitely work hard and, uh, and I appreciate that, uh, the, the compliment and, and congrats to you too on, on just taking risks, right? Because we all, we're all trying to figure out these platforms and you just kind of, you can't do it from the sidelines. So you just got to kind of get in and expose yourself a little bit, uh, you know, and to get, it can be a little nerve wracking with trying to figure these things out, but the more you do it, the more you understand it. And I think we're probably all in the same boat, all trying to kind of figure this out together. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, as far as this show goes, I started in June last year, I took a risk, I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew we had a lot of good leaders in the St. Louis area. And I wanted to give those people a voice to share kind of their story and, and uh, how they got where they are today with our community. Um, and, you know, we're, we're doing fantastic. We're getting anywhere from 500 to 1000 listens per month. Um, for a small local podcast, that's pretty good. And so it's, uh, it really, is testament to the, not only the leaders we have in St. Louis um, that a lot of people either may not know or may not think of, but also allowing our, you know, our community to listen to those people's story and realize that they, you know, you can really do anything if you just put your mind to it and take a risk, but you're absolutely right. The risk is the, the, is the part that exposes you a little bit and you, some people fail, some people don't, um, but you got to stick with it. I think that's my, you know, the one thing that I've learned through this podcast is I release an episode every single Monday. I haven't missed a Monday. You got to be consistent in what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And that's, that's the big thing is consistency and sticking with it. And, uh, 
uh, congrats to you. I, I can see why it's continuing to grow. You're an engaging interviewer. And, and when you stay consistent, uh, you know, there's an appetite for that. So, uh, and also and just kind of combining the St. Louis story, St. Louis is obviously a very special place to us and it's home and um, it's a big part of the normal brand story. Absolutely. Well, before we end this show, I, I you know, have two more questions for you, but when you look at leadership, um, obviously you and your brothers are leading the company. How do you create the culture that you created and how do you continue to lead the organization through challenging times like we had last year? But as you guys take the brand from what it is now into the future, how are you going to continue to obviously lead the organization, but also uh, further the brand? Yeah, well, I, I don't think we have many original thoughts. I think a lot of the stuff is uh, tips and the things that we have learned from our parents and grandparents growing up. So we got to see great leaders on a daily basis, which puts us in a really lucky category. I think one thing that's important to us is definitely lead by example. So we don't ask anyone else to do anything we wouldn't or haven't done. We've done every single job in the company since the beginning, everything. Uh, to your question and, and what you're focusing on is, is exactly right, that the culture is the most important thing we have and we need to do everything we can to protect, to protect it. We also steal lots of ideas from books. Uh, the main one that's really helped us is uh, with building a team is um, the five dysfunctions of a team and the ideal team player, uh, Patrick uh, Lencioni, I think is how you say it. Uh, we want people who are humble, hungry, and smart. And really that's above everything. So no matter the skill set they have, if they don't have those three attributes, it probably won't work for us. And uh, a lot of the success our brand has been able to have with a really small team, um, scrappy team, is because the people on our team are humble, hungry, and smart. And um, so that's been a really important part. Absolutely. Well, you defined your, your, your culture and your leadership and really those three words. And you know your brand, you know your identity, you know your organization. And uh, I think one of the biggest things for a company to have a good culture is um, to know who you want on your team and make sure that those people that you hire for the team are in the right seats. Another great book out there is Good to Great, who talks about that. I think if you can get the right people on the team, put them in the right seats, um, the, you know, the boundaries are un, you know, endless from, from that perspective. You can really go places you never really thought you could. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, uh, Jimmy, I always end this podcast really asking my guests really uh, one question at the end, which is if you could leave the audience listening to the show with one piece of advice, whether that's life, whether it's business, whatever it may be, what would you leave with today? I would say, I mean, it's, I don't know if I'm the right guy to be giving advice, but it's just the, the stuff that has worked for us. And we were just, I think I've mentioned a few times, and we were just, just inherently blessed with this, but uh, surround yourself with positive people um, because, you know, th those, those are the ones who are going to kind of keep you inspired and, and keep you trying to get better, which I, I think is just always important. It's just really important, like critical, just to continue to try to push yourself and surround yourself with positive people. If you can't do that, then surround yourself with positive ideas, podcasts, books, YouTube videos, whatever it is, we've got kind of the world at our fingertips and um, you can choose what to surround yourself with. No, great point. And uh, absolutely stay positive in everything you do. And if you, if you're going to surround yourself with a team or mentors, make sure they're positive ones. They're the ones that are going to help you get to the place you want to be. So I think that's great advice. On behalf of the STL Leaders Podcast, Jimmy, I appreciate you coming on here today. I appreciate what you're doing for the community of St. Louis, your, the brand. Um, real quick, give a shout out to where we can find the brand and how we can purchase clothing from you guys. 
Yeah, thanks a lot, Brian. I appreciate you having me. Uh, you can find us at, online at thenormalbrand.com. That's thenormalbrand.com. And then uh, for the St. Louis folks at our uh, store in Ladue at uh, 8809 Ladue Road. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be around for a while. We got uh, new styles launching all the time. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jimmy, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Synchrony HR. To learn more, visit stlleaders.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Landon Hobson, CEO of Cosmos Corp.